So this is weird. The, uh, the scripture today talks about reconciliation, and it talks about forgiveness. It talks about how to take a situation where we feel like everything is kind of out of place and help it to return to a space where we can feel like we belong again, where things are typical again, where all of a sudden the community we're a part of feels normal again, or the relationships we're a part of feel like something we're accustomed to. That's what hurt and anger and grudges and hardness of heart and broken relationships sometimes that we live in because we don't know how to fix them and and all the other ways that we can feel separated from each other, even in a room full of people, it makes everything feel kind of out of place, as if someone's speaking from a place where you wouldn't expect them to, and it makes you feel uncomfortable because you expect them to be in the pulpit. Well, I'll ease that now. But that is a lot what it feels like, though, when, when we have wounds, when we have hurt, when we have anger that we can't let go of, when we experience all the emotions that come from the minor and major disappointments and hurts in life. Sometimes we feel like a stranger in our own skin, a stranger in our own home, a stranger in our own lives. And the idea of forgiveness and reconciliation is one that I, I think becomes so challenging because when we feel like we're a stranger in our own life, how are we able to begin to even reconcile something that we cannot begin to lay down? You know, it's easy to talk about, well, we shouldn't hold grudges. You know, we, it's easy to talk about, well, we, we need to learn how to forgive people. And it's, it's easy to talk about, you know, we, we should make sure that when we hurt someone, we apologize quickly. But I'll tell you from my own experience that Sometimes asking for forgiveness and apologizing is one of the hardest things you can do, and everybody at some point in their life is bad at it. It's just a human thing. And as if it's not hard enough to apologize, one of the things we see in today's gospel lesson is something that on, on the surface makes an awful lot of sense. If somebody has hurt you, go to that person and try to work it out. Okay, that sounds reasonable. If, if that person refuses to work it out and refuses to at least make an effort to reconcile and apologize and to write that thing that they, done, they did wrong, then go and get a couple other people from the church and go talk to them. Wow, that sounds really comfortable. But then, you know, we take the two or three so that we have witnesses to the con conversation, so that we have witnesses who say, okay, now we've had this conversation and this person either has hallelujah, they have decided that they're willing to apologize or they're willing to make the effort to right the wrong, or they're not. And so then you do the thing that's even better. You take them before the entire church. I'm beginning to see a flaw in this. And, and if in front of the entire congregation, they, they won't make an attempt to reconcile, then let that person be to you as a sinner or a tax collector and we know how Jesus treats sinners and tax collectors. He loves them. You know, that, that probably is why this verse always gets so complicated for me, is at the point that 
you know, that it's time for the relationship between someone who has done something wrong and the congregation who they have wronged, which is thankfully very hard to imagine. I've, I don't think I've ever asked anybody to leave a congregation in any way, shape, or form, and for that I'm very grateful. But, you know, as we, as we think about what that ends at, that in recognizing that somebody has not only done something that deeply hurts someone, but they're unwilling to even make the effort to, to repair it. At that point, we recognize, and this is where like excommunication comes in, we recognize that that person has already separated themselves from the body of Christ. They've already separated themselves from the church because they have refused to make the effort to reconcile. Now that that in some ways sounds like it makes sense because it's not the church saying you awful person it's us saying no I'm just not willing to do that but then isn't it interesting how frequently we find that we've hurt somebody and we're we're just unwilling to to work through it not because we're trying to be unreasonable about it but because of some of the things it says about us when we find that we have to admit to it it says something about the way we understand time and how time respects or disrespects people. It says something about how we're able to or not control our emotions. It says something about how we're able to or not able to remain faithful friends or faithful spouses to each other. And I'm not even talking about in any of the ways that go toward adult things. I'm talking about just in terms of in the marriage vows, forsaking all others for this relationship. And recognizing that in order for relationships of any kind to work, it means that one of the people that we forsake is the part of ourselves that always wants to feel satisfied, the part of ourselves that always wants to feel easy, the part of ourselves that always wants to feel like we're justified so that we can have relationships that will last and we don't kill each other in the process. The idea of reconciliation is a beautiful thing because it helps us to feel like once again, when we reconcile these relationships, we feel like we're a part of them again. You know, every, every marriage, every friendship, every parent-child relationship, every grandparent and, you know, child, and sometimes grandchildren, we have bumps in the road and relational issues. There's no way around that. But we also know that in many cases love that brings us together, love that comes from being part of the same family, love that comes from having to figure out how to get together at least at holidays and get along well enough to eat together, probably. We, uh, you know, we know that that requires a lot of permission giving. And that permission a lot of times is giving ourselves permission to accept the fact that those things that hurt us are often going to be unresolved. And despite the fact that this is a, a scripture that really talks about, you know, how to deal with conflict in a congregation, and quite frankly, I, I don't know that this actually is a good model of dealing with conflict in a congregation. The, the piece that strikes me is that in, in this case, where we treat the person then as a sinner or a tax collector, and knowing how Jesus 
acts and feels towards sinners and tax collectors, that Jesus loves them, what we realize is this. Whether somebody is willing to admit that they're wrong or not, whether someone is ever able to apologize or not, whether they're ever able to recognize their role, whether they're ever able to recognize our injury, whether they're ever able to, to try to make that reconciliation so finally we can have some sort of repair to the relationship. In order to forgive and in order to love the way Jesus loves, in order to love the way God loves us through the death and resurrection of Christ, it means that we have to learn to respond to these situations with the grace of the one who loves us without limits, without bounds, without any end. The one who loves us and calls us by name and who through the death and resurrection of Jesus declares that the reconciliation I am making with my people, with whom I have made covenant after covenant that they've broken and broken, with my people who, while I was literally leading them out of slavery, they were melting down their jewelry to worship another God. You know, with, with people who I provided manna and quail, with people who I, I have provided love and, and nurture and welcome with the very creation which I breathe life into day after day, with these people who continue to be fickle and who will never in their short lives learn to love me back, the grace that God gives us and declares to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is that God is willing to reconcile whether or not the scales ever even out, whether or not an evenness is attained. God loves us whether or not we're able to admit that we're wrong, whether or not we're, we're strong enough to accept, whether or not that relationship that we wish could work works or not. We know one thing for certain, the love of God through Jesus Christ comes to us free, but grace always comes at a cost. And, and the image of Christ on the cross and, and the cost of this grace is one that permeates into every relationship that we have in our entire lives, that if we ever hope to have a relationship with anybody, and this includes ourselves. We'll never be able to have a relationship where the, squales, the, the scales are always even. Things are never going to be equal. Love means always being willing at some point to reconcile regardless of whether we feel satisfied. This is the challenge of love. And I think this is what Jesus means when he says to the disciples, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is called the power of the keys. This is what you know allows pastors to say things like, as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, I therefore declare the entire forgiveness of all our sins, right? This is, this is big stuff. And I think what's implicit, but the disciples are never able to hear, is that the last two words of those sentences are for you as well. Because if we bind ourselves to our anger, if we bind ourselves to our inability to forgive, if we bind ourselves to our woundedness. Now, that doesn't mean that we re-enter relationships that are dangerous or, or we try to rekindle a relationship that brings us nothing but harm. There are times where the best way to love somebody is from far away. And yet, 
when we bind ourselves to those emotions that, that harm us more than it harms anybody else, we're bound to them too. As long as we hold on to them, whatever we loose on earth, we loose in heaven. Whatever we're able to let go of, we're able to begin to move past. Now, that doesn't mean it stops hurting. That doesn't mean the relationship is ever going to work. That doesn't mean that things are going to ever be easy. Because grace is costly. What it does mean is this, that in order to reconcile anything, we have to reconcile ourselves to the idea of love. Love for God as we love ourselves, as Jesus loves, loves us. Loving ourselves enough to love our neighbor so that we loose ourselves from those things that bind and return to the places where we feel like we belong. Amen.